This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. And we're going to do a repeat topic today. Let's discuss the hard market. But I want to discuss this from a somewhat different perspective than we have had up until this point. We've now been discussing this, I think, for 4,800. In 93 days or so? 94. Oh, no, we're at 94. We're at 94. Just counted yesterday. I was reading in one of the Facebook insurance groups a post that a guy posted. And I just want to go ahead and just read this so we can set the stage for this conversation. And it said, okay, talk to me like I'm a brand new agent. I'm about three years in. Coastal agents are complaining about high premiums and hard markets. Isn't this a good thing? Aren't all of your competitors dealing with the same problem, therefore keeping the playing field as level as ever? This seems like only a net positive. Considering higher premiums equal higher commissions. I don't mean for this to sound conceited, but I feel like I'm missing something here. Please explain. I agree with him on the surface. I've always contended that the hard market is a good thing in some ways. Yes, it can be a bad thing in terms of restricting markets, but there is this confusion in the distribution side of things that we have to have profitable partners. We have to have carriers that are stable for the long term, and that might mean some short-term pain. And without giving it away, I know what the response is to this particular question or comment from this guy was, but he's not wrong. We're seeing that. But on the flip side, we're also seeing some panic come into play within some of the most experienced and mature agents who have been through a couple of hard market cycles. And this one just feels different. And I don't know if it feels different because they have forgotten because we were in this really long soft market cycle, or if it feels different because it is really different and there is real concern in some areas and within some agency mindsets that we're in trouble. I will say, had I been Bubba asking this question in this forum, after the responses that he got, I would have gone into my bedroom and pulled my covers over my head and not come out for a day or two. When I say this guy got attacked, people were saying things like, this is terrible. Money isn't every Thing. A lack of carriers leads to a lack of quality policies. And if you have any morality or a soul, then it isn't a good feeling to take money from your clients. Your clients trust you. They're getting a worse policy with a higher deductible. Posts like this give the insurance industry our deserved bad rap. Now, let's just unpack everything in that response and go from there. Is Range Rover not taking money from their clients? Are professional sports arenas not taking money from their clients at a ridiculous rate, but we still go? This is front and center to the problem and the polarization of what social media can bring to the table in its most negative way. We can't have a debate anymore because of personal attacks. Is it true that 
more money for less coverage is the wrong thing? Are we really sure that we needed to be paying replacement costs on roofs all this time because roofs depreciate? Are we really sure that we need every component of a home? Yes, a home is an appreciating asset. It's good debt. But there are pieces of the home that we are historically paying replacement costs for that we shouldn't be paying replacement costs for because it is a depreciating portion of the home. We are seeing profitability issues related to that area. And so is it wrong that we should be taking that coverage away? The answer in my view is no, because it's not sustainable. There was a point in time over about a 20-year period where only two out of 20 years were considered profitable in a homeowner's insurance spectrum. So we only made money twice. And I'm using that analogy to say, when that is happening, there's a problem. You're not getting enough dollar for the coverage you're affording, or you're providing too much coverage for what you're being allowed to charge at the regulatory level. And I really think That is the argument in the debate that is at hand here. Prices keep going up because the marketplace across the board hasn't yet moved to restricting coverage. And as coverage starts to restrict, then the question is, are we going to see an easing of that pricing or are we just going to discover that the pricing is actually right and we need to stay there? I see this as a two-sided spectrum. From a new business perspective, I think we have some incredible opportunities here. Most of us, when we think about the challenges we're having with the hard market, is our renewal business. And we get so focused on the renewal business side, playing defense with our current customers, that we're forgetting the opportunities or we don't have the time energy or mindset to go on the offense with this a new business opportunity because we're so exhausted by the renewal side. In our little community of Huntington, Texas, we love our sports, but we've always struggled in football. It's a little funny because we're in East Texas in general, but East Texas is also a big football area. But Texas in general is huge football. And we've just struggled. One of my old coaches back when I was in high school coined the phrase when someone asked, how's the team look this year? And his response was so classic that I just, it's forever branded in my brain. And he said, we're small, but we're slow. Stop. (laughs) Obviously, those are not two combinations you want on your football roster. When I think about what you just said, yes, we're worn out. And I feel like the way it felt when I was playing high school football and what I still see today, we had two and three touchdown leads in the first half. And then in the second half the other team go on a 28 nothing run and we lose 45-22. Oh, so y'all are LSU. So evidently we're LSU. Very timely, by the way. And we were worn out. And the reason we were worn out is because the few fast kids we had are going both ways. It's that ever present situation of I was a receiver and then I moved to quarterback. And then I'm also a safety and a cornerback and I'm playing both ways. This 
is where we are. We spend all our time and energy playing defense on our books of business and the second half comes and we have no energy to produce new business. And we have to do that. The agents that are newer, that have less of a book of business to defend, they don't know what they don't know. We have agents starting in the business today. That may sound crazy to someone that's 15 years in with a four or five million dollar book of business that they're trying to protect. They may be thinking, oh my gosh, who would ever start an agency today? Guess what? Those agents that have started agencies in the last six months are absolutely killing it because they don't have a world where they could bundle home and auto with the same carrier. They have to split lines because the same carrier is not riding both auto and home. That's a thing that this market has created depending on your geographic location. It is exactly what you say in that we are worn out and tired if we're existing successful agents and we're opportunist if we're new agents. And so both ends of that spectrum, you're going to get a different thought about this marketplace Basically, what we're saying is we're playing Iron Man insurance, right? If you're playing Iron Man football, you're having to play both ways. We're having to create something internally to be able to play Iron Man insurance long term through this hard market and beyond. Yeah, that's right. Here's the thing. You're a business owner. You have a business and your business is insurance distribution. And yes, I'm an advocate of not dabbling and I'm an advocate of being focused and not trying to be the jack of all trades. But you're an insurance risk manager, insurance distribution expert. You're an independent business owner. If you're on the captive side, I'm sorry. Right now, I'm sorry. If you're on the independent side, then understand that as markets retract and as people shut down new business or as different geographic zip codes are closed, you still have a business. You still have an opportunity to market. It was so easy over the last 10 or 15 years to grow a book of business because you had every option available to you under the sun. Market access providers are out there and available and you could get access to all these markets and you could sell and you could do whatever you wanted and it was easy. And now the retraction of some of those markets makes it a little more difficult because you're having to think, okay, I no longer have this really high level elite coverage option for this really good price. Now I have this marginal coverage option for this really high price. But the reality of it is that everybody's in the same spot and everybody's headed in the same direction to this poster's point. And that's why Yes, I think it's a good thing. One of the responses that seemed to repeat over and over were things like, come to an agency and listen to the clients complain that they are no longer able to afford to live in their house. It's not we're making more money. It's that so many of our clients are opting to self-insure because the premium on a $200,000 house jumped to $6,000 plus. People are actively having to sell their homes to get out because premiums are too much. Coastal properties aren't all million-dollar homes with wealthy owners who have more money than cents. We're talking about real people. 
there is this side of it. Okay. So I'll take that side and I'll flip on the debate and go, okay, I get it. I get that everybody on the coast isn't wealthy. There are such things as premiums that are up. I think the thing is here is, so what do you want to happen? Do you want the insurance company to supplement that person? Do you want socialism to happen here? Just to throw that out there. What do you want to happen as an agent when you see this type of environment that you're bringing to the table? The reality of it is that we are supplementing coastal insurance risk through the National Flood Insurance Program and have been doing that for years. And we have so many cases of taxpayers rebuilding homes in floodplains because of the exact argument that you're presenting that people can't afford to buy insurance anymore. Do you love the National Flood Insurance Program? That's a fair comment that's being made that I would ask. Because if you love the National Flood Insurance Program, then what you're advocating for is that become the National Property Insurance Program as well for other risk. You're not going to get this great coverage that you're also asking for if you're going to get into a government-backed arena. Because private companies are going to charge whatever they have to charge to make a profit. And if the regulators don't allow them to charge the actuarial sound price to turn the profit on the risk, then they're not going to write business there and they're going to retract and they're going to pull out of that area. And now you're going to have less market, less competitiveness, which is also going to push the rates even higher. This argument for we have to protect those that can't afford it, then we have to do this and we have to do that. And they're having to sell their house. I don't think that argument fits very well into a competitive capitalistic environment, which is what we have. We need more companies to come in. We need some of that to happen, unfortunately, because we need regulators to go, oh, we need more carriers. We need to entice competitiveness, which will drive that cost down or retract some of that coverage. And again, does that person asking that question you can't have your cake and eat it too in this situation where you can't have replacement cost on the roof or you can't have a 250 flat deductible on the coast. You're going to have some self-insuring capability here in order to drive that cost backwards and get it into more of a competitive environment. This argument doesn't hold a lot of weight to start going down this path of not everybody is wealthy or not. Okay, let's analyze person to person. What kind of vehicles are they driving? What else are they spending money on? There is a cost to living in a risk prone area. I get that. I think most of the world gets that. And I don't think you can sit around and go, they get to live in the high risk area, but they get to have a depressed price because they can't afford it. When we were buying our insurance, Daniel called all of those things the beach access fee. Love it. I don't think the regulators are going to go for it. But <laughs> I like it. One of the responses to this was when you are proactive instead of reactive, retention has been phenomenal, as well as the increased commissions that are coming with it. If you've hardly worked a renewal or never talked to your clients, those must be the reasons that agents are complaining. So some people actually took up for this guy. And I can go along with that. I think some agents that are out there, probably not the agents that are listening to this podcast, because I think most people that are active listeners to business podcasts are wanting to be better business people. They're wanting to be better agency owners, right? But there are a lot of agents out there that are coasting. And I think 
it has been years for some agents since they haven't been able to just coast. And now all of a sudden their business is in an uproar because they're having to do way more work and adjust their processes. We have this situation internally where metrics, KPIs around size of a book of business that that an account manager should be able to handle, whether it's on the personal side or on the commercial side. And we pull our metrics looking at the Reagan consulting best practices report that comes out annually. And I'm not like we're going to be dollar for dollar. It's going to be exactly to that. But we use it as a reference point to say, what is the size of the book of business that we should expect an account manager to be able to handle? Five years ago, before we started seeing these crazy price increases, we had a, a figure in mind and we're pushing towards that figure and things are okay and there's no account manager real pushback there and it feels good and yeah, everybody's after this. And the ability to push your book size towards that target KPI means additional potential compensation. And so it's all aligned that everybody feels good about this. And then the last 18, 24 months happen and the market cycle shifts and remarket pressure and price increase pressure and retention pressure all start coming in. And all of a sudden, that book of business target now looks like it's crazy or out of reach or what changed. What changed was people were having to do a little more work. Now, here's my view. Look at things. Use your eyes. Don't just listen to the social media post. Don't just listen to the negative people who are negative no matter what's going on in life. I don't see us falling short. I don't see people like putting in crazy hours. I don't see people missing targets. What I see is I see them busier throughout the day than they were five years ago. As an agency owner, is that bad? No, it's not bad. Having a job and a responsibility and being a part of an organization and having something to do on a day in, day out basis is a good thing. It's cramping your coffee pot, water cooler, social hour, but at the same time, you're not working 80 hours a week either. So I look at things with, okay, what do I see? What's really happening this idea that people are actually just having to work a little harder is real. And I think that now feels like the sky is falling and things are bad in terms of market conditions. Carriers are losing money. They're going to react. But at the same time to our individual here that asked the simple question, our agency revenues are up. Our individual situations are improving and we have options as independent agents. And that might mean that there's some tweaking that's going to happen in the marketplace with coverage options and across the board average price increases on a policy. This is happening. We go to the restaurant. We go to the grocery store. Are we yelling? Are we boycotting the eggs? Why do we inside the industry feel like it's necessary to make that comment of this is why we have a bad reputation. What does that mean? I don't think we have a bad reputation. The people I talk to that when there's a claim and when we help them rebuild their home, is that a bad reputation? When people can continue to buy homes and get a mortgage because we have insurance policies to offer them that cover that mortgage in case of disaster, does that mean we're doing something bad? So I think that person that's taking that stance, that's the person that the industry needs to prune out. 
And I don't want us to sound completely tone deaf. We're not two people that are like, yay, profits. I understand that there are families that are out there that are struggling to pay their bills. With the inflation that we have going on, there are people that are struggling to choose whether or not to put gas in their car or pay for their car insurance. I get that. And and Shane gets that. I get this because at my Friday morning breakfast with my group of guys. The the old man breakfast? The old man breakfast because I'm the only one not retired. And the complaint was I'm about to cancel my home insurance. It's just getting ridiculous. And it's a buddy and they're doing that to mess with me. And yes, they're also a customer. And I understand it. Yeah, your home insurance did go up. They happen to live near me. We live out in the country. It's not in a subdivision. There is a fire hazard. All these things. And he's frustrated about his home insurance going up because it's ridiculous. I'm about to, as soon as I get my house paid off, I'm going to cancel my home insurance and self-insure it. And I was like, hey, man, that's great. I'm glad you got that money sitting in the bank. You can do that. That's awesome. And that's the way I respond to that. And the funny part is as he leaves the breakfast in his $75,000 pickup truck and is getting ready to go out of town on his all-inclusive dove hunt. But we're going to complain about the insurance premium going up $1,200 on his home. My deal is let's make sure that we have perspective and understand that we automatically go into the cower down insurance bad kind of mode in our responsiveness as agents. And I want to encourage agents to rise above that, to remember your professionalism, to remember your licensed experience, who you are. You are something. You are someone. You have skills. You are a really big, important part of the economy. And that's where I'm coming from. Why does the doctor and the lawyer and the CPA and the egg manufacturer get to increase their prices and not get tarred and feathered? Why do they get to do that? And the insurance guy has to cow down to the frustration. From a female perspective, and some men are like this too, but I think sometimes we take empathy with a situation too far into becoming an empath. And I think when we do that, we do get too emotionally involved in the situation. And that's when it starts to feel like we're in this sink or swim thing. And can we still be buoyant? Can we still float? Yes, we should absolutely empathize with our client. We should have that ability to understand what they're going through and share that. But at the point that we're getting so involved with our clients at an emotional level that we can't separate the fact that we are business owners from what they're going through, I think that's one of the big challenges that I see agents facing is they're forgetting that we have got to step back, have empathy for our clients. But at the end of the day, our job is to not only just be there for our clients, but to be there for our teams and to be there for ourselves as well. I don't want to sound disconnected. I'm not. I had this conversation with an agent the other day and I'm not out of touch. I talk to clients all the time. My office is on Main Street in a small town. If my truck is spotted, there's a high frequency of people pulling in and 
bypassing the receptionist and walking straight into my office and saying, I just got my insurance renewal. What in the world is going on? And I get a chance to have the conversation and educate them and tell them what's going on and say, yeah, I know mine went up too. People don't understand and we have to make them understand and we have to educate them and have conversations with them, which leads us back to it's harder because those are conversations we weren't having to have four or five years ago. And the reality of it is that having that conversation and helping them understand that I don't keep all that money in my pocket. You know, I only get a small percentage of that. We have had customers who think we are the insurance company. They don't even understand Safeco Travelers. They don't understand Progressive. They don't understand all those things. They see Integra and they think we're the company. They think we went up on them. They think we control the pricing. We are putting all that money in our pocket. You want to know why I haven't bought a new truck in the last couple of years? It's because part of the perception is part of this, right? In a small town, I don't want people to see me buy that new truck that now is going to cost sixty-five dollars or $70,000 when mine's still cranking during this. So I'm trying to do my best to live it with them and go through that process and be empathetic to it, but also educate them that I don't get to keep their money. I only get a small percentage of that. And some understand that, but there's a lot of people out there that do not understand that because they're not insurance literate. They don't understand the difference between agent, company, all that. Don't assume that they understand the insurance process at all. Wait a minute. You think honesty wins? Is that what you're saying? I think honesty wins, right? I think just be black and white with it and be transparent. And oh, by the way, did you know that the insurance company is targeting a profit of four cents on the dollar? That's all they're trying to make. Really? Why is all this? What's going on? You got all these other factors that are going into this. And that's real available information and being an advocate and not hiding or cowering down to the situation, stand up boldly, chest out, be proud of what you do. And I am, I love what I do. I talk about it ad nauseum at some times, especially my family and be proud of this because it's a great industry and there's a lot of really great professional people and kudos to the three-year experience guy for asking an honest question. I got his back. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from one of my favorite football movies, Necessary Roughness, from back from the early 90s. If you've never seen it, go watch it this weekend on Netflix or Prime. Texas State. Texas State. The the Fighting Armadillas, yes? The Fighting Armadillas. But Scott Bakula played a 30-year-old college quarterback named Paul Blake, and Iron Man football was a a big theme for this. I'm going to leave us a quote from him. You're hurt, you're tired, you're bleeding, but I'm going to make you a promise. We get into that end zone, you're not going to feel any pain. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's Integra integraagent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com.